Thank you for tuning in to another fun episode with your favorite mouse moms, Juliana. Hello. And Lori, that's me. Jen is off on assignment. Um, so we will be missing her this week. Um, but don't worry, we have a special guest joining us. Since it is the month of love, we decided to celebrate by talking all things Disney weddings. So we are excited to have Carrie Hayward print and broadcast journalist. Um, she's the author of Fairy Tale Weddings Guides, a guidebook and bridal organizer for weddings, vow renewals, and honeymoons at Walt Disney World. Um, she began planning her Epcot wedding. The only way to get information and real pricing for her was that she had to sign a contract and figure it out. So after her wedding, Carrie wanted to share what she learned with other couples to help them decide and show them ways to customize their Disney weddings for their tastes and budgets. Since 2012, Carrie has also hosted the Disney Wedding Podcast, which is crazy. You've been doing, uh, she's been doing this podcast for 10 years. Um, two years seems like a long time. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so take a listen to her podcast as she devotes it to weddings and honeymoons at Disney parks and on Disney cruises. So welcome, Carrie. Thank you. It's great to be here. Hi, Carrie. <laughs> so nice to have you on. So we have a tradition that we do here where all of our guests have to tell us their favorite Disney cocktail or mocktail um, and tell us what you picked. So mine is a No Way Jose shake, if that's even a thing, but you could easily make one by requesting a chocolate shake with peanut butter sauce mixed in and a shot of chocolate syrup when you the next time you're at Beaches and Cream. Oh, that sounds perfect. It does. <laughs> it does. No, we had. I've had the No Way Jose Sunday at Beaches and Cream. Um, I believe it's still there. They keep changing it a bit, but it's yeah. still. I mean, it's chocolate and peanut butter, so it's delicious. That's awesome. I want one right now. I'm actually really, really hungry, and it sounds delicious. <laughs> I think I might have to. Um, I might have to do this after the princess half. I think I might reward there myself with the No Way Jose, or maybe I'll do it the night before. <laughs> protein protein actually you got peanut butter in there i take it protein yeah and carbs tons of carbs lots of carbs i think it sounds like a good plan mm -hmm. thanks for the tip carrie so i love that you um have been doing this for 10 years i'm super impressed by that um as we know that it is not the easiest though very fun yes um and I salute you for finding a, um, a void in information about Disney, which is shocking, but, but finding a void um, about anything Disney planning and filling it the way that you have. And for so long, you are the go-to source for this information. And I think you're right. It, Disney weddings are just, they're a mystery to a lot of us. And you <laughs> are the, the beacon to, to sort of light the way for us. So it got started when you were planning your own. So can you tell us about that? Tell us about, well, how, why Disney for you? Why, why a Disney wedding? And then what, what that was like before there was a you for people to lean on? <laughs> well, I think it's the same story that a lot of the guests on my podcast have, which is I love Disney. My fiance loved Disney. We went to Disney all the time. And 
actually, it's also the story that I hear a lot is I didn't know Disney did weddings. And then I found the Diz boards and mm-hmm. they had a section for weddings. And I started to see all these weddings. And at first I was like, oh, that's not for me. I don't want a carriage and a princessy wedding and characters and everything. But then the more weddings I saw and the more fun I saw couples having and couples who didn't have any of those things and still had amazing weddings, I was like, this could actually be really great because you get so much more at a Disney wedding than at a regular wedding. And it's so memorable for your guests that it's something that they talk about for years afterward. So we I, we got engaged at Disneyland. And of course, I immediately called Disneyland up and burst into tears when they told me that the Court of Angels, which was where my husband proposed, was not a venue that you could get married at and that all their weddings started at 25 grand, which back then, 14 years ago, was a lot for a wedding. Oh, yeah. Uh, And so then I started to think about Walt Disney World, even though we lived in L.A., and you get so much more bang for your buck out there, even still, A, because pricing is just cheaper in Florida, but B, because they have so many more options, like dessert parties in front of the fireworks and ride mix-ins and things that you either can't do at Disneyland or they're way more expensive, so... I feel like I'm going to say hmm, about 700 times because I, <laughs> this is all fascinating because I always thought that, I, I mean, you're singing my song. I always thought a Disney wedding was completely out of reach. I always thought it, it either was too expensive or it meant that I had to get up at you know four in the morning for a 6 a.m. wedding in front of the castle and that there would be all kinds of restrictions and all kinds of things. And then reading your uh, website and listening to your podcast, I learned that that was completely not true. So thank you. (laughs) So, so back to you, you're, so you did, you got married at Epcot. Did I read today? Am I forgetting? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we had our ceremony at Epcot in Morocco, and then we all walked out to the friendship boat dock and got on a friendship boat that took us to the boardwalk. And we had our reception in a place called the attic, which used to be the DVC lounge for boardwalk in until everybody complained about having to walk that far. So now they only make wedding couples walk that far. (laughs) (laughs) It's awesome because it's got all these windows. It overlooks the beautiful boardwalk and Crescent Lake, and it has an outdoor area, indoor area. The only drawback is it's pretty small. So we had 34 guests. It was perfect for us, but a lot of couples can't use it because it's too small. And then in the evening, we went back to Epcot to UK Lockside, which is the balcony where you can, it's the terrace where you can view the fireworks. It's the lowest one that's right on the water. And we had a private party, got great fireworks photos. And what I didn't know at the time was we could have done a ride mix in, which we can talk about this more later, but basically you and your party get escorted directly onto a ride after the fireworks. Nobody even mentioned that to me at Disney. So that's one of those things that afterward I was like, I'm going to put all this in a book so everybody knows what's possible. That's awesome. I was going to say, I didn't even know. So when you got married in, I have to know about this. So one Morocco is my favorite um, area in the world showcase. Um, It has so much detail and it is it is a large area and I do love Canada cause I'm Canadian, but Morocco's is just cool. So did you, did you have to get married before the park opened or how did that work? Yes. But world showcase at the time, I know recently this has changed, but it opened at 11 and the rest of the park opened at nine. So we could have our ceremony there at nine, which wasn't too unreasonable. I mean, some of our guests, grumbled about having to get up at 7am or whatever, but compared to like, if you want to do tree of life right now, it either has to be two hours after animal kingdom closes. So you're, you know, between 10 and midnight, or it has to be at like 6am. So 9am wasn't unreasonable for a wedding. No, but there are other options all throughout. I was listening to your most recent podcast. I think it was, um, and you know, she got married at Coronado Springs. Is that right? Was that one of the recent ones? And 
I, and again, it was like a light bulb moment to me. I recently stayed in Grand Estino and I thought that's a beautiful venue for a wedding. Never knew that that was possible right there in the courtyard and all the things that they did sounded really wonderful and fun. Well, that's one of my crusades is that Disney only lists a handful of possible wedding venues on their website. And they're pretty much any place you can think of. I mean, there are a couple of places where there are restrictions or they just can't do it. But but it's always worth asking them because just because you haven't seen a wedding there doesn't mean it's not possible. So I have a page on my Fairytale Weddings Guide website that is all venue photos. And that is sort of designed to be like an, an idea book for people. So you can be like, oh, like, oh, the, you can do their three locations at Coronado Springs. Oh, I didn't know you could use Enchanted Rose for a reception. So I put oh. tons of photos of all of them on <laughs> <laughs> Both of our mouths just dropped. <laughs> Enchanted Rose is one of our favorite places. I'm like, oh my God, that would be amazing. <laughs> so I know. And here's the, I'm married, been married for 20 years, way beyond this sort of thing. But in listening to your podcast and thinking about Valentine's Day and love at Disney, I want to do it again. I want to do a vow renewal. I'm like, what can I do to have a Disney wedding? Um, so, so keep talking. Tell me more. I know you do. You you advise on things like that as well. Yeah, for sure. And in fact, I highly recommend vow renewals. We had one at Aulani that was amazing. I think the stigma of vow renewals is sort of finally starting to fall away. Really, it's especially great for people who maybe they got married really young and their wedding was what their parents wanted them to have and they didn't get to have the wedding they really wanted. And now they love Disney and their kids love Disney. And it's a great way to have the wedding that you really want you know, do it over, but it's a lot less pressure also, because I've had so many vow renewal couples tell me, oh, it was so easy. I was so relaxed. I wasn't nervous the whole time. So it's kind of like an even more fun version of a wedding. <laughs> I was going to say, now you got me going. So I, I was actually, uh, we were, I got engaged at Magic Kingdom in front of the fireworks and that's my husband knew that's what I wanted. So that's what he did. He did a great job. But then afterwards he was like, and our wedding is not at Disney. Oh. And I returned home to my parents being, and your wedding is not at Disney. Oh. And the entire time I'm like, but I wanted, they were like, no, it's not happening. I'm like, okay, fine. Because fine. everybody thinks it's unrealistic. Yeah. Yes. Harry is here to tell us that that's yeah. not the case. Right. So tell me then you, you had said earlier that you get so much more with a Disney wedding and, and again, I think a lot of people just think more dollar signs, but what is it about a Disney wedding that is more other than <laughs> the venue? It is extra. Well, there's the, I, in years past, I would have talked about the world-class Disney service. Honestly, right now it's kind of a mess there because after COVID, they lost a bunch of employees and a lot of them haven't come back and they still don't have enough staff to really cover weddings appropriately. So in normal times, in the before times, part of that was the great Disney customer service. But also it's things like if you do love characters, this is the only place on earth where you can have real Mickey and Minnie come to your wedding. I know there are people who dress up like Mickey and Minnie in their homemade costumes. But you can have real Mickey and Minnie. You could have Belle and the Beast. So if you're into characters, this is the place to have them at your wedding. The fireworks, amazing. Where else? Like even at venues that will do fireworks for you, it's like a 30-second show. It just goes off. They maybe are playing some music. But here you've got a world-class fireworks show choreographed to the music, and you have a front row private seat where you can watch it. You can incorporate a Disney ride, either a mix-in, which is where... I mentioned you pay $20 per person. And then after the fireworks, everybody, this is at Epcot. It depends on what park you're in. Everybody gets escorted on basically the last ride of the day. So all the other day guests are done. You get to go straight on. That's the cheap way to do it. 
if you have the scratch, you could also keep a ride running throughout your entire event inside a park. So for your <laughs> event at Tower of Terror, you could pay, I think it's uh, 11 or 12 grand now, to have Tower of Terror running the entire time and people could leave your event and go over and ride it. You back up for one second. You can have your wedding at Tower of Terror? <laughs> you can have your wedding anywhere. It's really like, only yeah. Where at Tower of Terror? We're not talking a reception. Like, is there? A, that would be so cool if there was an actual like room right. in the Tower Hotel where you can have your spooky <laughs> wedding. It won't let you inside it, but it is. If you search, there's a search box at the bottom of DisneyWeddingPodcast.com, and basically, if you search any venue, you'll get all my episodes from. So I just had one a couple of weeks ago with a couple who did an after-hours event. Their ceremony was in the, you know, the courtyard at when you exit from the gift shop at Tower of Terror. Yeah. So mm -hmm. they set it up there, facing the tower, and then you can get some nice long shots with the tower, and then kind of come out on the street to get shots with the tower. I just keep oh, imagining, yeah. like, dearly beloved. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Well, we actually did an anniversary party on the uh, terrace at Tower of Terror. So that when the line first first enters the building, we had yeah. our table set up there. And it was great because we got to do some photos in the lobby. And they had the area loop playing. I thought there wasn't going to be any music, but they had all that great spooky old 1930s music playing. And it was I amazing. Love it. I was so, yeah. going to say that would, that area is so pretty too. Yes, you, you have the Tower of Terror screaming, but that area was is yes. so pretty. That yeah, just awesome. things like it's so lush with all the plants that they have up there and everything. Yeah, totally. I can't think of a place I wouldn't want to get married in Disney. I want to ask yeah. you, really. I think I just want to hear stories, just yes. snippets, because I really did enjoy listening to the episodes I was able to listen to. Craziest venue that you've done or seen? Let's see. I mean, if it's crazy, Disney won't let you do it. But well, <laughs> um, I, mean, well, I, I think Tower of Terror is a little on the crazy side, just because yeah. of the scream factor. But but anything, I don't know, any strange requests or things that you were shocked Disney let you do? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, this one is kind of inside baseball, but I have an interview coming up with a couple who got married in front of the castle after hours, and they had their reception in Storybook Circus, and they were allowed to bring their own outside photographer, which is, it sounds like nothing, but it is huge in the Disney weddings world because Magic Kingdom is the one place where Disney will not let you use an outside photographer. You have to use their photography. And unfortunately, Disney photography is hit or miss because they pay their photographers peanuts and they can't keep good photographers. And so there's some great ones. There's some that are an acquired taste and you don't know who you're going to get. They cannot guarantee that you will get any of the requests you make. So to be able to bring an outside photographer that you choose, who uses the style you like into Magic Kingdom, that is huge. How do you navigate this when you're planning a Disney wedding? How do you, I mean, other than reading and, and, and everything that you have to say and listening to your podcasts, you, none of us have a little carry in our pockets. So <laughs> how do we, how do we remember like, Oh, I got to think about the photography and whether or not the photographers are going to be any good and that I can't bring, you know, how do you plan all these details? Cause it, it sounds like for me with more options comes a little more anxiety having to make all these decisions about all these extra things that you get at Disney. Well, guess what? If you want that kind of wedding, Disney has that for you. And actually, that's what Disney weddings were like before there were boards and there were people telling you all your options. Disney would love it if everybody came to them and said, I don't know what I want. I don't care. Just make me have a beautiful Disney wedding. They'd be like, great. Use the wedding pavilion. Use the Grand Floridian Convention Center. Here are the, D you know, here's the DJ we use. Here's all the decor people love. Here are the food items that most people like. 
bam, and it's very easy for them. So it's almost like with a cruise wedding where a lot of times I interview people who don't, they're not detail oriented. They don't care about all that stuff. They don't want to be stressed out. Cruise wedding is perfect for them because you just check a couple boxes on a form and then you get this wonderful, totally thought out wedding that is very simple and casual and you didn't have to keep track of all these details. So it's for the people who are into the details. They have the Pinterest boards. They've been dreaming about this their entire life. For those people, my book shows you what is possible if you do want more than just the standard Disney wedding. So tell us more about your book. Um, I, I, the, one of the things I'm most proud of in the book is there is a self-calculating budget in the ebook version. So there are two versions. There's a print guide, which I sort of unwillingly introduced a few years ago. I know people love to have paper to mark up and it's cool for me to have a book that I can hold. That's my book, but Disney changes things like three times a year, pricing minimums, what you're allowed to do, what you're not allowed to do. And it drives me bonkers that I can't keep the print guide up to date, but the ebook, as soon as they change something, I update the ebook. I release a new version. You can download it for free once you've bought the ebook. So you always have their latest pricing and policies. So the ebook in the back has a self-calculating budget. And what this means is it's basically like an Excel worksheet in book form. You put in exactly what you want. So the number of guests you have, what minimum for what location you're using, what kind of food you want, how much you want to spend on flowers. And it will show you your exact cost for your wedding, including tax and service charge. Because Disney has this crazy 25% service charge on food and beverages. They have tax on almost everything, but not everything. And some things get service charge, even though they're not food and beverages. I figured that all out for you. You don't have to worry about it. You just put it in that field and the field knows, oh, this gets tax and service charge and there's tax on the service charge. So we really do all have a pocket carry, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I that's like, kind of the idea I was of the say, I would love this for my wedding period, even if it wasn't at Disney. That's, that's, I mean, I mean, I know the amount of time that I sent there trying to calculate and figure everything out mm-hmm. and having like my parents, my parents were lucky enough to pay for it, or I was lucky enough to have them pay, but <laughs> right. My parents um, are so lucky. Right. They were. Um, But, you know, trying to calculate for them to stay on budget. That is amazing. Yeah. So because that was one of the things I was really stressed out about. And then also because it's an ebook, it's searchable. So a lot of times people will buy my book. and They'll be like, oh, I haven't had time to read the whole thing. It's huge. It's dense. I get it. I don't even know where all the stuff is in there. But there's a search field in Acrobat or any other PDF reader. So if you're like, "Mm, how much does a harpist cost? And you type in harpist and it takes you right to that page with the price of the harpist. So. That's awesome because I am the type of person who likes the extra special things, but doesn't want to feel the pressure and the stress of, of trying to figure all that out. So <laughs> that sounds great. I noticed too, that your website was really, really easy to navigate. There's the great search feature in there as well. So you can really, so it sounds like you can just, you can find anything, you can find <laughs> anything you need to know. I think that's huge. But after 10 years, I would I'm going to go out there and say, you are the expert on the subject. I don't know of anyone else who might know more. I'm the only one who cares enough. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like I said, I, you know, I'm beyond weddings, but just, I was obsessed with weddings when I was about to have one. And um, I remember why (laughs) when I was thinking about this podcast and prepping for talking to you, because I think it's vow renewals might be like having a grandchild. You don't have to really like stress as much about it. You just, it's just fun and whatever you want and you get to sort of not worry about other people as much. (laughs) Exactly. I love that. So now I've got the bug again and I should say, and, and this is not for your benefit, Carrie, but, um, my 20th anniversary is coming up this summer and we are planning to go to Hawaii. And I think Aulani would be a really cool place. 
It was amazing. And we just did the smallest package. It was just the two of us and our photographers who are also our friends. We met them when they shot our wedding and now we're buddies. So Aww. it was just four people, but it was great because it was low pressure, but it was really fun. And it turned out to be really romantic. Like even my husband was very moved by the whole, you know, that to me, I was like, whatever, we're going to get great photos. And then the actual ceremony was like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> okay. Well then can we talk more about it? So do you, do you mind if it's too personal? Mm -hmm. We don't have to, but I would love to hear about, you know, how that got planned. Do you, I, do you just call a number? <laughs> how does that work? Yeah. And there it's a smaller department. They do smaller weddings. So it's more hands-on, which is great. So yeah, you just call them and they send you the packet with the pricing. It's a little different there because if you want a big traditional wedding, it's more like a hotel wedding. It's just, you know, you get the ballroom and you, you get a beautiful ceremony site overlooking the ocean at Alani. But if you want a package wedding, it's very simple. You the one thing that is different is because they don't have in-house floral or photography, you do have to work with outside vendors, but it's not hard. It's just that everything expensive is everything in Hawaii is super expensive. Right, right. So like bouquets, I was just shocked. So I ended up buying a paper bouquet off Etsy that I brought with me. Um, so, oh, yeah, so that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's definitely a check the box scenario if you want it to be, if you use their cheapest I was going to say, so, I kind of like that better. I don't, I'm not a big fan of the ballrooms and everything else inside. Mm -hmm. So being outside and having it be more casual like that. I know, my wheels awesome. are turning. I'm thinking like literally just the four of us, right? you know, and, and, you know, had to, so do they provide an, uh, efficient, is, is it yes. efficient yeah. when it's a renewal? <laughs> yeah. So they have an, a list of approved officiants and they have this one guy who seems to do most of their weddings and he is into it. He wears his special traditional garb. And at the end, after you, as you're kissing, he blows into a conch shell and like, <laughs> if you want that experience, you can have that. <laughs> That's awesome. That is amazing. So on your podcast, you talk to a lot of brides and grooms. So how I have to know, how do you find the, all these brides and grooms? They're everywhere, but one great place, especially if you are planning and you want to get advice or talk to ask questions of other couples who are planning, there are these Facebook groups. There are several Facebook groups now devoted to Disney weddings. There's one just for Disneyland weddings. And it's a great way to see other people's weddings because people yeah. will post photos, get advice. You know, a lot of the stuff like the nuts and bolts are in the book. But if somebody wants to know opinions, like, you know, I'm these are my wedding colors. What do you think would look good? Has anybody found bridesmaids dresses in these colors? This is a great place to make posts and get input from tons of other couples, brides and grooms who are going through the process or who have gone through the process and have great tips. Oh, that's awesome. So have you had any like favorite standouts when it comes to bride and grooms that you have talked to? Um, any memorable ones? Well, it's hard because everybody's story is so personal to them that when you hear them tell it, you're like, this is my favorite wedding. And then the next <laughs> one's like, this is my favorite wedding because yeah. when people share the, that most special day of their life so far, it's, it's amazing. And so I think just people who are willing to really share and talk about what happened, their experiences. I know sometimes, and a lot of times people are nervous and I totally get that. And that's why I edit my whole show so that people don't have to worry about how do I sound? Did I say um too much? But I think that sometimes people, because they're nervous, they'll just give like one word answers. So it's always nice when you interview somebody who sometimes people are like, I'm sorry, I talk so much. I'm like, no, people love that. They want to hear everything. <laughs> it would be a really boring podcast if you didn't talk. Right. 
<laughs> and yeah, well, I just really loved listening to the enthusiasm of the brides when they talked about their weddings. Because like you said, when you get married, for most of us, the first time you're younger and it's the best day of your life so far, right? The so far is important. But maybe if you have a wedding at Disney, it will always and forever remain the absolute best day of your life. But when you hear these brides talk, they are just giddy over over every detail of the wedding. And one of the things that impressed me was a couple of them sharing um, how excited everyone else was for them and how excited so many of their guests were. And that obviously there were a lot of people, of course, due to COVID, but also due to perhaps, you know, difficulty getting to Disney, maybe, that would have to not be able to go, but that everybody was still really excited for the bride and groom and excited for their moments. And then how touching it was for the bride and groom on that day to look out at whatever venue they were at, at their favorite place on earth. I think one of the brides said, what did she say? It was so moving to see so many people there for us on the happiest day of our lives at the happiest place on earth. And I just thought, well, what is that? Is a soundbite if I ever heard one. <laughs> exactly. And, and I had that experience when we, our guests first started showing up at the beach club and I saw my in-laws at the beach club, which we had never gone to Disney with any of our family. And so to see those people we know and love in Disney, it's like, oh, my two favorite things all together. <laughs> yes. I, I can't even imagine because I know that that was a very overwhelming feeling for me when I got married. I had a destination wedding, though not at Disney. And, um, and just to see so many people travel just for for me and my husband, it just was such a moving experience that I think compounding it with getting married at Disney might have been too much for me to handle at 25 <laughs> years old. <laughs> I just don't know if I could have done it, but uh, now I kind of want to rewind the clock. Right. Lori, when's your uh, vow renewal at Disney going to be? I'll say we're only at 13 or 14 years. I got I mean, I could just make 14 be a special year, but yeah, it's going to happen. I've already told them it's going to happen. I don't even, I don't even care about the vow renewal. I just want to be able to plan that type of thing at Disney. And uh, at the end of it, all of a sudden, I'll be like, oh, oh, that's right. We're actually doing the Valerie note. Okay. I know. I think I'd actually <laughs> like to plan it like for other people, like just right? get to know everything there is to know. And then, because I, then I could live vicariously through them, which is why I plan Disney vacations, because right? that way I don't have to go all the time. <laughs> Carrie, is there a, a, a biggest, um, could you say like a grandest of the grand Disney weddings where you've spoken to the couple? Let's think. Um, it's tricky because the ones that are seemingly the grandest are the ones that are on the TV show, but Disney yeah. makes okay. all of those couples sign NDAs. So they're not. Well, let's say, <laughs> yeah, well, of course, but those are honestly, those are grand, but they're also completely unreasonable for most of us. <laughs> so the ones that are just not quite at that level, maybe, or something, a grand vacation that maybe I could do or a grand wedding that maybe I could do with, you know, 400 of my closest friends. <laughs> I think the ones that maybe are most impressive to other people and maybe also for nerds like me who love to plan events are exciting are the ones where they have multiple events in multiple parks or over multiple days. So I've interviewed a couple people. I have one coming up and then I did one last summer, I think, or last fall, where they wanted to do something in every park. So they had their ceremony in Magic Kingdom. They had their directly after the ceremony, which I thought was a great idea, they had a California grill brunch because to ask people to get up that early for a wedding and then not feed them is like, what? Yep. So 
they then they had California Grill brunch, but then their actual reception was in the evening. And because of COVID at that time, they were only allowed to spend a certain amount of time in each venue. So they split it up where they had dinner in Living Seas Salon, which is a private room that has views into the tank at the Living Seas. Yep. And then they went over to American Adventure Rotunda for dancing and desserts. And they met with the characters and had that. And then the next day, she added this two days before their event. She was like, you know what? Let's let's complete the the quadfecta of parks. Let's do something in Hollywood Studios. So two days before the wedding, she called her planner and added a dessert party for Fantasmic in Hollywood Studios. Now it got rained out, but they still got to go. It's funny, Hollywood Studios is a little bit short on great uh, indoor venues. And so they had their food in Pizza Rizzo in the banquet hall that like actually <laughs> had a wedding sign outside it. Like that's awesome. Uh, and then they would have gone to see the fireworks, but the fireworks were canceled at the time. So they did a ride mix in on, I think it was Slinky Dog Dash or something like that. So, oh my gosh, that's awesome. I was going to say that I really do. That's the only concern I know when I was looking into it and I've seen even the ones on the TV show is they have to do this stuff so early in the morning that right. I'm like, what do you do with these people then? Because it's not like you're going to want to go jump into a reception drinking champagne at, you know, eight or seven o'clock in the morning. So <laughs> having the brunch. At- I'm, I'm sorry. But I don't. Why not? <laughs> most people, not us, most people. But, you know, having the brunch over at California Grill, I think it's just a fantastic idea. Plus, it's gorgeous. Yeah, the views and you get a great shot of your cake with the castle in the background. But yeah, I think that is one thing that a lot of people balk at. First of all, most people, when they think of a wedding, they think of a Saturday night thing with dinner and dancing. So first you have to adjust your expectations because the cheapest way to have a Disney wedding is to have a weekday brunch wedding. So that's better if you aren't as into the whole formal being announced and having first dances and garter toss and all that. I mean, you can do all that at noon if you want, but it's also a great way to just have a simple wedding and then a brunch. Or like this couple, break it up. Then in the evening, you have the big to-do like you're expecting to have. So I know a lot of people are like, oh, I'd love to get married at Tower of Terror or at Magic Kingdom, but I just can't get up that early. Or in case of Magic Kingdom, you can also do it really late at night. But I always say it's one day of your entire life, and it's going to be the most amazing experience. Everyone I've interviewed who's done this has been like, I've said, okay, your guests had to stay up till 4 a.m. to go to your reception in Magic Kingdom. They were having a great time. They were so excited to be the only people inside Magic Kingdom that nobody complained. Yeah, so how does that work with the late night wedding? So obviously they don't get, they can't do it until the park closes down, but then do they get kind of, are they able to get free reign of the park after that? No, you get escorted from area to area. So it depends on what areas you're using. Some people would do the ceremony and their celebration, which is like a shortened version of reception, right in that East Plaza Garden area in front of the castle. Well, actually, if it's after hours, your ceremony can be directly in front of the castle. Or like this couple I just interviewed whose uh, show is coming up soon, they went over to Storybook Circus for their reception and they had the cake set up and they did the dancing. And if they had wanted to do a ride mix in, they could have done one in, you know, wherever they set it up. But like the one thing I know people are always so disappointed to find out is like Haunted Mansion. I know so many people love Haunted Mansion. You cannot have a wedding at or in front of Haunted Mansion. So, but like a couple I interviewed recently, they decided that Tamu Tamu Courtyard, which is that courtyard in Africa in Animal Kingdom. Yep. It has this great crumbling mausoleum almost look because it has that wall that has little niches in it. And they turned that into a Haunted Mansion themed wedding and celebration that looked amazing so <laughs> that's fun oh that's awesome i know i'm trying to think Lori. if you if you wanted to pick a venue in the parks not knowing you know since obviously we don't know which ones are are acceptable yeah. and which ones aren't but if you just off the top of your head i want to get i want to get married 
at Disney World, where's it going to be? I was going to say, I'd do Magic Kingdom, but if you want something not obviously in front of the castle, I'd say, can they do one in Canada? Yeah. Yeah. You can yeah. do a reception or a cell. Yeah. I, to me, that place, like with the huge waterfall in the back, and I feel like when once you get back into Canada too and go up the steps, kind of takes you away from the, the world case as well. It's and very kind of more peaceful. Immersed. Yeah. It's very peaceful back there. Yeah. Definitely. And you get great pictures by the waterfall down below. Yeah. I would totally do that one. What about you? You, me? Yeah. I don't know. You know, I ask these questions. And I'm a waffler. I know, waffler. and then you can't answer. I'm a waffler. What's your favorite ride? What's your favorite ride? I don't know. I love Man. them all. <laughs> How about a favorite part of the park that just always makes you feel happy? I was say, I'm surprised you're not Paris. These are hard questions. Or you're not France over in Epcot. Yeah. Uh, you know, how about you, Carrie? Let's <laughs> <laughs> do well, you have one if you were in the park? Because I'm going to ask about resorts and outside the parks next. But I feel like I've already gotten like Morocco, I love because it was beautiful and unique. Yeah. Then we did Tower of Terror, and then we did a, another party, an anniversary party inside Universe of Energy, where we ate in front of the dinosaurs. It was right before they tore them all out and turned it into Guardians of the Galaxy. So I feel like I've done all the places that I really liked and thought would be unique event venues. So I'm trying to think, I mean, actually, yeah, my dream is to have a vow renewal at Tokyo Disney Sea. They have this gorgeous- oh, oh. I just want to go to Tokyo Disney Sea. <laughs> oh, right? you got to go. It's so amazing. I've so, heard. Yeah, we got to go check out all the wedding venues when we were over there. And each of the hotels has a venue. And my favorite one is the chapel in Hotel Miracosta, which is like the wedding pavilion on steroids. And then you can do a gondola ride in the park in your attire, you know, oh. And then they have these great rooms that look out over the park where you can have your reception. And Well, that's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fantastic. I like the gondola ride. So where is the reception? In the park? In a, in a room in the park? It, most of the time they keep you in, they have kind of like a convention center, but Tokyo Disney Sea Hotel Mira Costa is partially in the park. So you look out all the windows or you go out on the balcony and it's like you're in the park. That's very neat. We, might need, to go, we might need to go to Tokyo. Oh, I totally need to go to Tokyo. I have a friend um, who works for Disney, and I was really pulling for him to get transferred over there so that I could come visit. Everybody needs to go. But, it's amazing. You'll never look at the American parks the same way again. <laughs> no, probably not. No, no, probably not at all. But I think, you know, they're all, they all have their redeeming qualities, each one of the ones. I've only been to three of the parks, but... Um, yeah, I can't decide. I can't I can't really decide. I think it would have to be somewhere. I, I think I would like the Tree of Life. I think that would be what I would want to do. I would hate the idea of having to do it so early. Animal Kingdom closes down earlier than most parks. So yeah. I would almost do the nighttime because they open up earlier than most parks anyways. Yeah. yeah. I think that would be cool. I, but um, I love, oh, can has anyone ever just done it like at the train station in Magic Kingdom? Yeah, that's one of the spots. I like that so, spot. Yeah. And you I look do get up. emotional over the train station. I'm very <laughs> sad when they stopped doing the welcome show out there. Well, you could definitely have your vow renewal at the train station. Would they do a welcome show just for me? <laughs> you want to pay for it? Yes. Or you put the characters on the train and <laughs> the train's still not running though. So that's not oh. even a possibility. I did say, I did see the other day though that they were testing it. Oh, really? Yeah, they were testing been down for way too long. Well, so, at this point, Tron's pretty much completed. I was going to so. say, is Tron not still in the way? Tron, they that that stuff should be out of Tron's way. So, 
Hopefully, but yes, that would be adorable if you did. And then you could have the train come in with all the characters and you could even be on the train as you arrive. Oh my God. <laughs> See, there it is. We figured it out. That's what I want to do. But so the, but the time would really be, I, I mean, it would just be a factor for me. I know that people do it and love it. I don't know that it, it, I would do that. And now a word from our sponsors. Mouse Kamams are avid travel enthusiasts and our podcast is sponsored by Kingdom and Cruise Travel. If you are interested in booking a vacation to Disney or any other worldwide destination, be sure to check out the website, kingdomandcruise.com, and their Facebook page, Kingdom and Cruise Travel. So I would probably move it off the park sites and maybe consider one of the hotels or anything like that. And I know that everybody loves the wedding pavilion, but are there any hidden gems that you recommend that you might not consider that that would be a wonderful venue outside of the parks and perhaps in more Saturday afternoon hours. Yeah. Well, the attic, like I mentioned, is just a crown jewel. It's only restriction is that it's so small. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I just love it because it's indoor and outdoor and it has views because a lot of these places like maybe they'll have a patio, but you're not looking at much. There's the Whitehall room in the Grand Floridian Convention Center where it has a patio that the monorail goes right by, which is kind of fun. But hidden gems, let's think. I mean, for me, it's always in the park because where else can you get married in a park? Like we, our thing when we were planning was like, we're not going to go all the way there to get married in a ballroom. Like we are going to get married inside the park. True, true. For some people, just being at Disney is enough and they like the flexibility of a ballroom because then they can decorate the heck out of it. So let's think, hidden gems. Well, I really like Luau Point. So you know the Polynesian Luau show at... The exit area is all these paths through this beautiful tropical plantings and trees and stuff. And they've turned that exit area into a couple of venues where you can have ceremonies and receptions. And it's great because you can actually see the castle from one of them, but it's secluded. You're not right on the walkway where anybody coming by would see your event. And it's so tropical and beautiful. And it looks like you're actually in Hawaii or something. You you wouldn't even know that you're in Florida. So is this sort of like behind the luau? Like if you're walking on that pathway by the water and you see sort of the way to the luau on your, yes. well, on one of your sides, it, it's behind all that? Yes. Yeah. So there are all these winding pathways there that are the exit for people coming out of the luau, or I think also the entrance if you're coming from the Polynesian. Polynesian. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I know where it is now. I'm going to have to go walk back there. Honestly, that sounds like, I, I mean, so, okay. Um, I'm feeling your vibe. That's my call. That's my choice then for, <laughs> for outside of the parks. You did say that you thought of more hidden gems in the parks and outside. So if you've got any of those you want to lay on us, we are all ears. Well, I'm always biased toward Morocco. And one that I haven't seen anybody use yet, but is a possibility is Fez House. And that is the tiled courtyard with the fountain in Morocco. Oh, yeah. yeah, it is gorgeous. Somebody I interviewed used it for an anniversary party and they had the characters come. They had Jafar and Aladdin come and they did a cake and stuff. So that would be great also for a small group. I also love the courtyard. They had, I think on the TV show, they did a ceremony in China, uh, you know, in front of the pavilion. That Mm -hmm. with all the lights that you could do, that would be gorgeous too. So Epcot has tons of great places. Animal Kingdom is cool because it doesn't really have any set event venues, but you can ask them, what about this wide spot in the path? What about this place? And they'll figure out if it's doable. So like I interviewed a couple who used the bird show stage for their ceremony, which sounds like, 
Huh? But when you think about it, it's super themed. It has all the lighting you would need, seats for your guests right there, and their photos looked amazing. And then they went to this, I, it's, I don't know if it was Harambe Street. No, it's the theater district. So basically the path in front of the Lion King Theater, they set up all their tables and their DJ and everything. But the oh. backdrop is gorgeous. You've got plants and cool looking buildings. And there's so much theming in Animal Kingdom that you barely need to do any decoration. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. What about um, Animal Kingdom Lodge? Have you ever talk to anyone that's done something there they don't do events at animal <gasps> kingdom watch yeah so one thing you have to keep in mind is that the the location needs to have a convention center so that they can they have the support services to do food service so the one that they have opened up is port orleans riverside they never used to do anything there because there's no convention center there's no way to do catering but they've started doing ceremonies there and then just transporting people elsewhere to do their receptions I think that would be a beautiful spot too yeah it's gorgeous at port orleans yeah. That would be lovely. I was going to say, it would be pretty, too, because then you can always transport people over to Disney Springs, and then you got an array of stuff over there, too, for afterwards. But, yeah, that's pretty. Ooh, I like that idea, too. So I think <laughs> that the gist here is you probably can't go wrong. <laughs> Correct. So I'm sure the budget is um, varies, right? I'm sure you can. But what what are we talking? Like, I don't even, how do you give a range I don't even know. I, I truly still have no idea to know what one would expect if they wanted to do any of these things. Well, I have an episode for you. It's called How to Get Started Planning Your Disney World Wedding. I saw and that and I thought, <laughs> I can't listen to this because I'm not going to get married at Disney World <laughs> and this will be dangerous. But I did see yeah. that and I think that is fantastic. Please tell us all about it. Yeah, so that, and then also it's basically everything that's in the first chapter of the Fairy Tale Weddings Guide. So there is a minimum. The minimum amount, they just raised it, unfortunately. The minimum amount you have to spend to have a Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings uh, at Walt Disney World is $7,500 now. So it's not a package. They used to have packages. And I think they found that so many people were like, I don't want this. Can I add this? What about this? How do I customize this? And they're like, we're not doing that anymore. So now it's all a cart. You just have to spend $7,500 on anything they offer for your wedding. So that could be food, flowers, photography, transportation, entertainment, fireworks, anything that you can get from Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings counts toward that $7,500. Now, about half of it is going to go just toward your ceremony. So the ceremony venue fee counts toward the $7,500, and those start at $4,500 now. So that's going to leave you, oh no, $4,000. That's right. In, in the parks, it's $4,500. So I think it's $4,000 at the resort. So like Luau Point, which we talked about, the location's outdoors at the Grand Floridian. So there is um, Sago Key and the marina. And then the other side is called Conk Key, I think. So you know that where the marina is, where the Gasparilla Grill is at yeah. Grand Floridian, any spot along there, that would count for the lowest minimum. And then also, so at the Polynesian at Luau Point and Luau Beach, those two would count. And then they also have Crescent Cove at the Yacht and Beach Club, which if you go to the Friendship Boat Dock at the Yacht Club, it's the little beach. If you're facing the tower on the yep. dock, it's a little beach to the left. Okay. Yeah. So, and so it's cool because you, yeah, you got to pay your four grand for the ceremony site, but then anything else that, that remaining $3,500, anything you're going to get from Disney will apply to that. So if you want to do just a ceremony and a dessert party, all of that's going to go toward your minimum. So, and then is there a minimum per person charge or is that only if you're doing a catered event or how does, is, you know, is that's there, are there minimums? Question. Yes, that's exactly how it works. So that's okay. if you just want to do a ceremony. Anytime you add anything with food provided through Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings, 
they have a per person minimum. It starts at $75 and that's for what they call a celebration. So that's a two hour event. You can do your first dances, you can do a cake cutting, but it's not long enough to have a DJ and dancing and all that traditional stuff. So for a lot of people, that means, like I said, a ceremony and then a dessert party. And the dessert party counts as your celebration or a cake and champagne celebration where you have a cake, you have some past appetizers. You can have real food at a celebration. People don't realize this. They think it has to be just desserts at a dessert party. As long as it's something you can eat while you're walking around, you can have any kind of food you want. So like my top recommendation is a DIY nacho bar because it's a ton of food and you can do different combinations of the food and it's really filling. But you could do sliders. You could do cheeseburger spring rolls. You could have a DIY mac and cheese bar. You can have real food. Lori's going to do the cheeseburger. Can you rent the cheeseburger spring roll cart and just have it at your reception? Because Lori will do that. Yep. Here's the secret. The cheeseburger spring rolls at private events are way better than the ones. What? Stop it. Well, I now need she's some- going to have to get Now I need again. either. So I need somebody to invite me right now. So <laughs> I, I need to go to somebody's so I can have the cheeseburger egg rolls. <laughs> so, and then if you want a full reception, those start at $140 per person for brunch. For brunch. Yeah. Okay. And it goes up to, and then it's $165 for lunch and it's $210 now for dinner. And dinner, lunch, and brunch is determined by the time of your ceremony, not what time your reception starts. Oh, well, that's very interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's a so wait, 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 wait. So if I decided I'll do the 6 a.m. ceremony, but I want to have a 10 p.m. reception after the park closes, I get the breakfast rate? No, because it's <laughs> if the reception is after, if you're Sarah, oh, that's right. Uh, that's true because your ceremony would start early. Unfortunately, in that instance, they would charge you based on whatever you know. They always get you somehow. Yeah, yeah. Right. double standards. <laughs> so, right? is there, so is there separate pricing for like vow renewals, or do you pretty much go under the same as regular weddings, like for the smaller ones? It's all the same. So you get all the same prices, nothing, all the venues all cost the same. You can use my book for a vow renewal, just like you would a wedding. The only difference is you don't have to have a marriage license. So many details to consider. I, like I said, at the top of the show, I think it's awesome that you filled this void because um, there are, there is a lot to know and uh, yeah, I, I'm blown away. I'm speechless. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much I did not know and so much more that I want to know. And I was going to say, it had to have gotten very complicated after COVID. So I know us as, you know, travel planners, there's so many different details now with COVID that I can't even imagine for weddings, even the stuff that, you know, they do research. But if all that stuff was done before COVID, now they're all like, well, can I do that? Are we allowed to do that? So I'm sure that has thrown so many more details and questions into things. Yeah, the last couple updates of my book have included all the COVID info that you need. For a while there, Disney was changing their COVID policies weekly. Like I kept a a page on my site that just tracked them because there was no way to update the book enough. It's kind of settled down now that they don't have to, now that because of Florida's rules, the only places you have to wear masks are in public indoor areas. So like if you want your picture taken on the grand staircase at the Grand Floridian, you have to wear a mask. But if you're having a party in a ballroom or any kind of private space, you don't have to wear masks. Uh So that was the big one that couples were mostly worried about. They used to have a safety waiver. They finally got rid of that. The one lingering thing that nobody can figure out why they're still doing this is they won't let you have a photographer come into your room to do getting ready photos. And this is a huge deal for a lot of couples because they love the detail shots. They want the pictures of the cosmetology being done, the bridesmaids popping champagne. 
And Disney is not letting people go into rooms, which is weird because they'll let you get your makeup done by, by a, a team of cosmetologists. They'll let you have however many people you want in your room. It's your room. You've paid for it. You can do whatever you want in it. But they are being very weird about having photography of it. They don't want photographic evidence. Yes. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I think that's it. They don't want pictures to get out there of people, of numbers, tons of people in a room with with no masks on and services being performed. That's yeah, my if, guess. If you're yeah. able to go into a ballroom and no one's allowed, and you're, the guests are allowed to take their masks off, and it's obviously true. you have photographers in there, I would think that'd be more deeming. Yeah, I can't. That one's right. interesting. Well, they let you do it. Yeah, they'll they'll happily rent you a ballroom for a seven hundred and fifty dollars food and beverage minimum, where you can have photos of getting ready. But not you're anything. totally right. That's so true. But, oh, no, no, that's, that's interesting. interesting. But what? So even if I wanted to hire a private photographer, I couldn't let them in my room. You can, and they can take as many pictures as you want, but you should not post them anywhere because Disney will blacklist that photographer. <gasps> oh, that's horrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is the inside scoop. How do you keep abreast of all of this information? Oh my gosh, there's so much. I mean, being a member of the different groups is super helpful. Talking to couples every week and hearing about their experience. It's always, even after all these years, there's always something where they'll be like, oh yeah, we did blah, blah, blah. And I'll be like, wait, that, they never let you do blah, blah, blah before. And they're like, yeah, I don't know. We asked, they said we could. So there's always something new to learn. <laughs> don't you love being caught off guard like that though? You're like, I thought I knew it all. <laughs> it's really hard to keep up these days. It is. Me. Do you do consulting for brides also? Yeah, I just started doing this. I was kind of leery to do it at first because I felt like, again, I was like, I felt like I was trying to set myself as a, up as some sort of expert when I don't work for Disney. But I think the advantage is that I don't work for Disney because I can show you all sides mm -hmm. and give you an unbiased opinion of, you know, what I think would be a good way to go if you want X, Y, or Z. So yeah, Here, you could doing... be a mask -a mom. That's what we, that's our whole stick. <laughs> we're we're not, awesome. we don't work for Disney either. It's all about the honest yep. opinion. And I think people really value that. Yeah. So I have started doing consulting where phone consultations, which is great because a lot of times people will message me questions, but they'll have a million questions. And this way they can just ask it all over the phone and I can answer, tailor the answers exactly to them. So yeah, it's going really well. How do people get a hold of you? Through the website? Yeah. They can just contact me through the website, through Facebook, through the podcast, any place where I have a contact me button. And uh, yeah, I'm going to set up a schedule, a calendar pretty soon. So it's easy to see my availability and pick a time slot and all that stuff. Oh, that's awesome. And we're going to be post, so busy. I know we're going to, we're going to post all your stuff underneath the, in the notes too, for the podcast. Yes. Um, so people have that as well. It will all be in the show notes. So not all brides are fabulous. Let's be honest. Well, any terrible experiences I've heard are not because the brides aren't fabulous because every bride I've ever spoken to is fabulous. Oh, well, cause but, of course she's getting married to Disney. I know. <laughs> always interesting to hear this, but I have spoken to couples who have had some problems with Disney, if that's kind of what you're, or most of the time, it's funny though, I, I put that question in my list of questions. Was there anything that went wrong or just didn't turn out like you expected? Because for some of us, Juliana, you mentioned that you're kind of type A. I'm also type A. And sometimes just having something not go the way I expected short circuits me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Like even if it's not totally bad, it's just like, but I will. Uh, so I just need to pivot. It's 
son yeah. who moved my cheese thing. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so sometimes, I'll, most of the time, and I love ask, asking this question. I'm sure Disney thinks that I just want to like catch them out and show everybody how they screw up. But really, if you listen to the show, what you'll learn is that 99% of the time, the thing that went wrong was something that had nothing to do with Disney. It was my heel on my shoe broke and my planner came up with a new pair of shoes for me. Or, you know, the groomsman overslept and he missed the bus and my planner sent a van for him. So most of the time, anything that goes wrong is nothing to do with Disney. And yet Disney still steps in and, you know, saves the day. So that would be, that would just be, you know, and then sometimes probably the most disappointing thing for all of us, and this has happened at some of my events is weather. The weather in Florida is so unpredictable. And the saddest thing is when you plan your whole wedding, you know, at the Magnolia, at the Port Orleans Riverside or at in front of the castle and then it rains and you have to go into a ballroom or the wedding pavilion or whatever. So that's always sad, but invariably they'll still say it was still an amazing day. Disney really pulled out all the stops. It was completely unique. And so it always works out. That's another great point. We often talk about how, you know, we, we were honest about our feelings about all things Disney and not everything is sunshine and roses for sure. But we often talk about how excellent their customer service is in the end of the day. Even if something goes wrong on your Disney vacation, even if it has nothing to do with Disney, right. we find that they, you know, tend to go above and beyond. And with weddings, I remember when I got married, just figuring what's the thing that's going to go wrong today? Some, <laughs> something is not going to go the way it's supposed to. And hopefully whatever it is, it won't be too bad. But I feel like maybe with a Disney wedding, you can be like, whatever it is, someone's going to take care of it. It's true. And so many times I'll interview couples. And if it's the bride, she'll say, you know, well, apparently X, Y, and Z went wrong, but nobody told me about it. And I found out about it afterward. <laughs> you know, Disney wedding or not, that is the most important job of a bridesmaid or siblings of the bride. Yep. She may not hear about what's going wrong. Like, just don't even tell her. And yeah. and my, I have four siblings and that was the pact. Just don't tell me. Just fix it. <laughs> So, but it's nice to know that Mickey will do that for me if I get married at Disney. There you go. That's awesome. Yes. So I think we have asked as many questions as we possibly can for you. Um, so mouse get tip of the day, of course, is if you're thinking of planning a Disney wedding or vow renewal or honeymoon or anything along those lines, head over to fairytaleweddingsguide.com and then listen to Carrie's podcast, of course, the Disney wedding podcast. Yeah, even if you are not planning a wedding or thinking about planning a wedding, it's a good listen. It's, it's sweet. It's so sweet to listen to the brides talk about their magical days in, in a magical place. I love it. So thanks for spending another episode with us. We'd love to hear what you think. What's your Disney love story? Head on over to our Facebook group, Mouska Moms Podcast, and let us know. And follow us where we go live there with all the news out of Disney for the week every Friday at 11 Eastern. Also check out our blog at mousecamoms with an S blog.com. And of course, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast so that you receive notifications when new content is released and you will never miss an episode. Write us a review on Apple Podcasts as well. We really appreciate it. Now it's time to say goodbye to all our company. Here I see you real soon. Why? Because we like you.